From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 455, and today's show is brought to you by Kenro Industries. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. I have a question for you, Mike. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Is this the best hour of your week? One of. Mm. I do very much enjoy... Not only do I enjoy recording with you, mm-hmm. because you do make my life so much easier with the amount of work that you do for every episode, which is always greatly appreciated, but rarely shared. Um, I like the time that we record. Mm. It's not too late. It's a good time. So it's three o'clock in the afternoon for me. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a good time. 10 a.m. for me. me is also a good time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering because like this is like one of my favorite hours of the week, maybe my best hour of the week. And I was just wondering, you know, what, if there was reciprocal feelings. feelings you are to a that. sweet home, um, because like I do, I do pen stuff 24, seven, 365, right? You mm-hmm. do not. Right. Mm-hmm. So this allows me to do something different in a way that you doing something different is completely different. That That's makes true. sense. Yeah. So it right. is a very, this show in many, many ways is very different to the other mm-hmm. shows that I make. And mm-hmm. I do love it for that. Good, good. I just, I just wanted to hear you say it. Which is why I'm still here, very happily, same <laughs> as you, so many years into it, with seemingly no end in sight. Times. So there's literally no end in sight. We talk about that. We talk about our episode numbers, and we talk about. I was listening to Tokyo Station, um, which we're going to talk about them later in the yeah. show. The my favorite, uh, my favorite non-panatic podcast. I'm sorry. I probably just got in trouble for saying that. Um, yeah, you just you and, just play favorites, which is something you definitely uh, yeah, shouldn't do. But especially because you called it Tokyo Station as well, which probably yeah, it's Tokyo Inklings. Sorry, yeah. uh, uh, CY needs to work on the branding. Mm-hmm. I think and like coordinate the branding a little bit. But I'm the guy with the non-panatic Twitter name, so mm-hmm. well, I can't really say. Well, much. that's so, not your fault. Yeah, yeah. My point being that they say the thing that I say all the time is like, how did we not run out of topics after five episodes? Mm. Right. And then it just like, we actually have like more topics than ever now, which is just yeah, awesome. Five episodes. So it feels great. Suckers. What about nine years? <laughs> no, no, they're, no, no, no. They're way longer than that. They were just saying in general, like how did this mm-hmm. not end after like five or 10 episodes? No, you I know. know. How do we, yeah. But what I'm but, saying um, is you won't, <laughs> right? It's impossible. <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. just just you got to put in the tenure that we've we've been got going on over here, and then oh yeah, they are well on the way. Um, they were just talking about the 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 Japanese specificity of the yeah. show, which is something we're going to get into to later. Like the, you know, what? How can we talk about pens for more than three shows? And here we are. So, with that wonderful intro, let me apologize, Mike. I have a huge mea culpa to drop right at the front of canceled? this episode. We are not canceled. Oh, um, good. But I don't know. This was a big mistake on my you part. You should have How did done I not... one of those like uh, Apple Notes screenshots type <laughs> thing. You know, I've, yeah. I'm using this as a personal meme with friends recently. Oh, that like, okay. if I do something which is like not uh. at all uh, worthy of a serious apology, uh, yeah. I I write a little Apple Notes note and oh. take a screenshot and send it to people. It's a good joke. Yeah, I'm gonna put this on Twitter after mm-hmm. this episode. <laughs> this is the perfect topic for that because I could not have been more wrong about the Pelican M205 replacement nib unit from one of our Ask TPA questions 
you know, someone dropped their pen, bent their nib unit, and yep. was concerned about the best route to go about fixing it. And you I just like, told them n- to buy a new pen. That was, that was yeah. your <laughs> suggestion. I was like, there is no way that you can buy a Pelican replacement nib unit at any respectable price percentage-wise to what you could just go ahead and get a new pen for. That may be the wrongest I have ever yeah. been on this entire show. It's pretty embarrassing, really. It's bad, right? Like, so I needless to say, the feedback was fast and dare I say furious mm-hmm. uh, to to my commentary on the nib unit nine dollars and eighty three cents for a Pelican M two hundred five replacement nib unit. Oh my god! <laughs> so obviously, obviously, this is a steel nib, right? Yes, obviously. Yeah, well, the two hundred five only comes with the steel nib, right? Like obviously, you made an assumption, but where what yeah. was this assumption based on? Like, what made you think that the brand name Pelican it was going to be a multiple hundred dollar purchase no. or whatever? No, I thought it would be like fifty or sixty bucks okay. or forty five, bucks five. or something. I think I don't know the price of the M two hundred five. That's yeah. what I'm realizing. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The M two hundred five goes from like eighty to one twenty, depending okay. on where you pick one up. Okay. So like one twenty five, maybe a little more for the special editions, right? The you know the you know how they do like the annual editions; those are more like one forty to one seventy. Mm-hmm. So and it's also it's Pelican, right? Like these nibs don't fit into anything else, right? They're, they're very specific. Yeah, they're proprietary. They're also designed to fit a piston filler. So like no one's buying these nibs to build pins around, mm-hmm. right? Because they have to have a piston system to to work with these nibs. Nine dollars and eighty three cents at cult pens right now. I am dying because I had no earthly idea. I'm looking I at cult pens though. Like you can buy replacement nibs for every pelican. Looks like every all the major pelican mm-hmm. models here, including gold ones and stuff. Like it's possible. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty unique. I don't know that the I haven't shopped around like the U.S. retailers that stock Pelican to see if they have these replacement nib units. That's a pretty good deal if you know you want to swap around. Like, didn't you buy a gold nib for like your two hundred five or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I have a gold nib on my two hundred five. I really didn't like the steel nib, and sure. I got a replacement gold nib on, yeah, on the like, only Pelican that I own, which I feel like is something I should rectify at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We could do a whole show on Pelican. Because yeah. like it's one of the most interesting brands, the one of the most respected brands that I have the highest respect for. That I have very few of their products, um, you know that like I can't speak highly enough about the brand. And I own like two Pelicans, like two big Pelicans, and I own a couple two hundred five. So anyway, I did now just like an entire episode. You, you sent a link to Colt Pens for the replacement. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. stumbled across uh, the Pelican Macai Fountain Pen Kingfisher on yeah. their website, which is four thousand mm-hmm. pounds. Yeah, that's not the one every- I'll be buying. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Every year they do two or three high end releases, mm-hmm. and it's some of the best artwork you'll ever see. Be- it is beautiful. They like the, the when I think of Pelican, I just think of like product execution. Mm-hmm. They execute perfectly every time. Mm-hmm. You know. And um, so I didn't even consider the fact that you can get a steel replacement nib for less than ten dollars. Um, that was uh, a failure on my part. I apologize to our Ask TPA uh, listener last week, and um, therefore, 
uh, I would like to admit I was wrong, and I will be sending I will be sending out an Apple uh, an Apple Note tweet <laughs> this afternoon uh, to to go on the full record with my apology for that. Good. The second item is actually a follow up from two weeks ago, and it's not an apology, but it's more of a realization that happens over time, and this is referring to the Pilot Custom 823. Do you remember the custom edition that we discussed? Mm -hmm. Um, That the, like the high-end Japanese store got Pilot to make 100 of them in the dark blue, Mm -hmm. and it priced out to about 500 US dollars. And like I hemmed and hawed on it. I was like, you know, that's pretty expensive. Like this is kind of crazy, you know. And then I was, I also said, you know, that said, if it was like a different color, like I might consider doing it. And the more I think about it, the more things that I see in the market with the pricing of products, Sailor specifically, the more I think that $500 for a Pilot Custom 823 in an edition of 100 is a good deal. And I can't believe I'm actually saying those words. I actually have come like not full circle because I kind of liked it. I kind of got it. But I actually think that it's a good deal. And here's why. The Sailor Pro Gear has made me realize that the new pricing of the Sailor Pro Gear we talked about a lot on stream yesterday on Twitch. Mm -hmm. The new stock prices are going to be close to $400 for the stock pins for your 1911s and your um, Pro Gears. like The the large sizes. The large size... 1911 and then the regular pro gear yeah that's way overpriced i think and then the one we've always talked about in in those same words is the king of pens which is like one of the most overpriced pens in 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 my book um that i still like i still love sailors i still love king of pens so then i look back at this 823 and i'm like wow that's actually comparatively a really great price for what this pen is if you break it down that way like the sailor i mean excuse me the platinum sheun was like 480 dollars right and we had like a i i just thought this was getting to a level that was just like unsustainable so i just wanted to bring that up that i've had like these differing thoughts because the 823 is about a 300 dollar pen on its own and you look at something like the Lamy when they did the dark blue ones. Well, those were also a $500 pen, but the base pen for that was like $150, $160. Right. So, like, I don't know that, like, we were saying that that was outrageous, and maybe it's not that outrageous. Like, I get it. But there was also a lot more units of that. I think there was, those were in the thousands, right? Was there 5,000? I could be wrong with that number. So 100 units of this Pilot 823 for $500, I'm like reversing course and saying that's actually a good deal when you put it in perspective of what the overall high-end limited edition market is doing right now. So I just wanted to kind of clear that up now that I've had some some more time to think of it and, and kind of line it up with what I'm seeing from other brands, uh, Sailor especially. I guess it's one of those things where value a lot of the time is relative Mm -hmm. and every now and then you have to adjust relative value Um, like you know this is the kind of thing that I feel like I come across quite a lot 
when it comes to software, you know, mm-hmm. like on some mm-hmm. of my other shows. Uh, what is software worth and, and what, do we, what kind of amounts do we attribute it to? And people pay so little or want to pay nothing for apps. Mm-hmm. And that's just because that is the market. Like the value has just driven down. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's there's like this all this always there's this baseline reset right that that happens frequently and that was one of those pins that I wasn't really keen on in the beginning and I'm still like I have no interest in ordering that I'm no interest in paying that money for that pin but if the situation like hit perfectly I like I think I would do it right like if it really spoke to me and I really wanted it and you know, maybe sold off some other pens to <laughs> to afford it and things like that. But um, yeah, I just it's just one of those things that kind of comes over time and in, in in kind of understanding the market as a whole. So I uh, I I would like to see that pen in person one day. Hopefully, I'll get to. I mean, only a hundred of them exist, so I doubt I will. But it'll be cool. I just hope we see more of it. Yeah, but there's clearly a for multiple reasons, even if it's just an opportunity reason, a change in some of the economics mm-hmm. in fountain pens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're going to realize we were getting off easy for a while. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later in as part of a a, a different conversation. The the economics and okay. um, you know I don't have all, all the answers, but I have some 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 commentary I'd like to share. All right, let's take a break and thank Kenro Industries, who are introducing the new Otto Hut Design 04 Wave and are giving us a chance to talk about it while sponsoring the show today. This is something that Otto Hut Germany and Kenro Industries are super excited about, so we're pleased to be able to tell you about it. Like As you know, frequent listeners will remember, Brad recently got an Otto Hut Design 03, which he was a big fan of. Um, so when we heard that they were back of a new design, this is something we wanted to get our hands on, something we wanted to check out. And I know Brad has one. I'm going to ask him about it in a minute. Mm-hmm. Otto mm-hmm. Hart has been making pens for other brands for over 100 years. So while you may not be that familiar with uh, by name, although I expect most listeners of this show are by now, you would mm-hmm. definitely know their pens from other places. If you've had a jewelry quality metal pen in your collection, there is a strong possibility that Otto Hutt had a hand in making it. And while they're still making pens for other companies, they've also introduced their eponymous line, Otto Hutt line. So now we get to have pens with their high standard of quality, but with their own design sensibilities. And that's why we're excited to tell you about the new Design 04 Wave. The Wave combines the classic stateliness of the 04 with an intricate, futuristic, three-dimensional wave pattern, which is made by coating the metal of the pen and then engraving it using the Guilloche method. Through many stages of varnishing and polishing, what emerges is a pattern adds movement and depth to the pen as you write with it. It comes in several different finishes of a choice of nib sizes, and like all other Otto Hut pens, the quality of how it writes is just as beautiful as it looks. Brad, I believe you have one of these, right? I do. I do. I've actually had it for a while, um, about a month or so, and... When I get a new pen like this, especially from a new brand, to me, like this is a very old established brand, very classic, well-respected German brand, but has, like you said in the in the ad, like they're branching out now and like really focusing on their their own lineup. So I had the Design 03, which I loved, and then Kenro did send me the Design 04, and I wanted to spend some time with 
it before I reviewed it, and I really, really like this pen. The model I chose was has is like the blue wave lacquered, right? Where you see these, I don't know, it's almost like strips of metal going through there. It's shiny, but it's like got this polished lacquering over it. It's a really beautiful, mm-hmm. stunning pen to look at. And the fit and feel and finish of it is top notch. It's what you'd expect. When you say like German engineered fountain pen, this would be like right there with the best of them as far as like design, construction, fit, feel, finish. Like it's perfectly made. It's well designed. It works flawlessly. I don't have enough like positive things to say about it because it's, it's just good across the board. Like I can say like everything about it, you know, the nib is great. You know, it's a steel, steel nib, fine steel nib. It's, it flows well. It's smooth. The grip section's awesome, right? It's tapered. It's a little narrow. Like if you have big hands, this might not be the grip section for you, but they probably have other model pens that have a wider grip section. This is exactly the grip section size that I like, you know, everything about the pen is just, it's perfectly done. I I am working on doing my official pen addict review of it. And that will probably come up in the next week or two, because I do like to spend time with these products if I can. And it's been inked up since uh, I received it. It's been in use and I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And I know um, in the review, it's going to review really well. Uh, the, there's a version of it that I absolutely adore um, color wise, mm-hmm. which is the white and rose gold model. Actually, but there's a black and rose gold model as well. It's absolutely stunning. Like just a really beautiful looking pen. Um, Guilloche, by the way, is ornamentation resembling braided or interlaced ribbons, mm-hmm. in case you're interested. But you should go and take a Guilloche. look at it yourself because these really are quite stunning pens. Guilloche. I I did. I googled this today for the app. <laughs> Because you knew it was coming. Google has a little uh, speaker button where it will pronounce it, and that was how it was pronounced. So That's how I've always said it is guillosh. Guillosh. So guillosh. go to Penchale right now, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com, and you can see the O4 and the entire range of Otto Hut pens. And stay tuned for the new Design 08, a totally fantastic, beautiful pen that pays homage to the complexity of watch mechanics. I was actually looking into this one today mm-hmm. earlier, and I am super interested in this one. So our thanks to Camero Industries for the support of this show and Relay FM. You can find out more about these pens over at Pen Chalet. One more comment on the mm-hmm. 04. When I was doing my research for the review, like this is long before the ad or anything like that. And when I'm just trying to decide on the 04, I couldn't believe the depth of the product offering of that model. Does that make sense? Right? It's yep. not like two pins. No, the lot there was it like just there was a load of colors. It's actually hard to decide like which is your favorite out of there, just like you were saying. So yeah, really good looking. I like <sighs> I hate saying I like this new auto hut that I'm seeing just because they're new to me, but this is a, you know, a hundred year old company. I hate saying like, you know, this is their transition, but they're new to me and I like what I'm seeing from them. And I like how they're approaching design and storytelling. And, um, luckily the, the quality uh, of the product matches up with everything else. So yeah, it's uh, been very cool to watch. Very cool. All right. So the Cosmo Air Light 
This is a product that we spoke about last week. Yeah, so I was anxious to get this in. So Masubi Notebooks sent me a couple of their new Cosmo Air Lite notebooks. Number one, Masubi Notebooks are the best. Like Daryl and like the construction style and the feel of these notebooks, you get it and you're like, yeah, this is a notebook. I, I just really love them. But the goal with this one was to test the paper, right? So I knew I'm going to love Masubi as a product. But what does this paper do? Why is it popular right now for people looking for a Tomoe River replacement and how does it work? Like what are the actual, you know, ins and outs of this paper in, in short, it's weird, right? This is a strange paper. If you are a fountain pen fan, you will love this paper, but I think that's the only thing you're going to be thrilled with Mm -hmm. about this notebook. Like you can end it right there. Like you can say, this is awesome for fountain pens And like that could be the end of the review, but it's a little more complex than that because the way this page handles ink is interesting from a line width perspective. And Daryl even says that in the copy on the product page, the way the ink dries spread is the wrong term because when I say spread, it makes me think that like it's going to be bleeding, right? That you see feathering and bleeding in the page. It does none of that. There's no feathering, no bleed. But what happens is, I don't have a better term than spread. When you put the ink on the page, the line width looks wider than you're used to on a different page. So for example, I took a Lamy Safari with an F-nib. And in my day-to-day writing, like if I was writing on my bank paper notebook or in my William Hanna notebook, I know what the line width is, Mm -hmm. okay? Like just out of nature, it's habit. The line from the Lamy Fine Nib looks like this if I'm using a paper I'm familiar with. Yep. Switch over to the Cosmo Air Light. It is a tiny bit wider. And a tiny bit in a fountain pen is essentially an entire nib size, right? Yeah. Like the line then goes from fine to medium. That's a really, really tiny amount. But when you're used to line width being X and then all of a sudden you do it in line width is Y and it's wider, not narrower, you go, huh, that's interesting. And that's consistent across all nibs, all inks. With fine, medium, broad, and stub nibs, that's great. Like if you like fountain pens with fine and up nibs that put down a lot of ink and you want to see the character and you just want to, you know, throw a bunch of ink in your awesome fountain pen at this page, you're going to love it. What I didn't like was my extra fine and my ultra extra fine nibs on this performed far worse because they're not built to have that line spread when you're putting down a line from the tip of, say, my Platinum 3776 UEF. That is an untipped nib, right? It's made to write like the tip of a nail, right? There's no roundness to the nib. Well, it affects the ink differently on the Cosmo Air Light paper. I did not enjoy writing with a needle on Cosmo Air Light paper. So that's something to consider. Every other larger nib fountain pen, you know, the paper's completely smooth, it allows the ink to be bright. It, the dry time is much shorter than something like Tomoe River. The colors pop. There's good shading. There's good sheen. Because the dry time is moderate, right? It's not drying too fast to where you're not... The character of the ink's not coming out 
so you get to see all that character. There's no feathering. There's no bleed. There's no ghosting to speak of on the back of the page. So if you're a fountain pen fan and you don't have like an obsession with like the ultra extra fine nibs like I do, you're going to completely love this paper. For any other pen, I almost don't want to use it because it feels so weird. The best comparison I can tell, which is strange because the fountain pens don't feel like this on this page, but take a ballpoint pen. And it's literally like if you picked up a magazine, like a thick, glossy magazine, not like a super thin paper magazine. Mm-hmm. And you know how if you write with a ballpoint on there, it's just like a um, it's just like a solid, flat circle, no character, no feel or or anything. It's there's no texture to it at all, and it's almost uncomfortable feeling. It's very like plasticky feeling. And like writing what's funny, on a banana of a biro. Yeah, yeah. So there's no feel to that, which is funny because I don't experience that with the fountain pens. The fountain pens, I feel like there's like a good texture there. Like they feel different. Mm-hmm. Um, so like pencils and ballpoints are very prone to feeling terrible on this paper, right? It's a not expected feel. I think you can get away with like rollerball and gel pens, but I think there's better options. Okay. So in the end, everything I'm describing is exactly how I would describe Tomoe River paper for the most part, right? People don't like to use standard pens on Tomoe River paper. Don't like to use pencils, but they do. I feel like like a ballpoint and a pencil does work a little better on Tomoe River paper. It's just not great. I actually think ballpoints and pencils are worse on Cosmo or Light than Tomoe, but in general... The idea is still the same. The idea is the same, right? People don't buy Tomoe River paper to show off their Schmidt P8127 refill, right? That's not the point of what Tomoe River paper does. That's also not going to be the point for Cosmo Air Light. It's strictly a fountain pen, ink, notebook for me, and with the caveat that your extra fine and finer nibs are not going to be enjoyable on that page, at least by, by my feel of, of what this, this test was like and what this review was like. So thumbs up for fountain pens. And then that's about it, which honestly, that's pretty much what I'd tell you about Tomoe river paper too. But it does have this added difference that the line width variation Mm -hmm. is there. This is a newer thing. I will say I love Tomoe River paper on my ultra extra fine nibs. Like I had never had an issue with that fineness on Tomoe. I think the Cosmo air light does not handle that level of fineness as well. Hmm. So yes, good point. So it's intriguing. It's good. Yeah. I just basically short version. I don't want this for my all day, everyday notebook because I use more than wide nib fountain pens. Would you have used Tomoe in an all day, every day? I guess so, right? Never have. No, I never have. Okay, but at least it was in an every day because it's like journaling, but right. not, yeah, not yeah, as yeah. your main notebook. So, um, Midori has filled that need. Okay. Um, Life paper has filled that need. And right now, the Masubi bank paper is currently filling that need. Right. Those are my all day, every day writing notebooks. Okay. No, it's never been Tomoe. Well, I think so it's cool at least that there's something that can give some of that experience because we're obviously losing the Tomoe of old. Um, yes. So at least it's cool that there's something 
that can step into the shoes that that type it of can. label left behind. Yep, just don't expect a one-to-one replacement. Yep. It's not that close of a match. Fair enough. It does It does some of the great things that Tomoe did mm-hmm. exceptionally well and similar, but there's some downsides to it, as there was with Tomoe. Yeah. Oh, Mike. Oh, Brad. Oh, Mike. Mm-hmm. Is it happening? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Is it? Are we going to one day be able to walk into a store or go to a store's website and build our own Sailor Pro Gear fountain pen. Well, I mean, in theory, but it might just be one corner of one store. (laughs) And one set of pens, Uh right? So what I'm referring to is Tokyo Inklings podcast, episode number 28. Um, CY and Jacob uh, visited a brand new store. And actually, this is kind of what I want to talk about, almost more than the, the Sailor Pro Gear, what this store means. And found, so the store is called Ancora in the Ginza region of Tokyo, which is kind of the high-end shopping district or one of the high-end shopping districts. The store is called Ancora. Do you know what Ancora means, Mike? I do not. It is Italian for anchor. Okay. So this store is a collaboration between Plus and Sailor, which I find it like collaboration is probably the wrong term because Plus owns Sailor, but it's considered to be a working together type of store, at least the way CY and Jacob were describing it, right? So it's carries a lot of sailor products, but it's staffed by plus employees. So that, that's a whole conversation. You really should listen to this episode if you're interested in this topic at all, because honestly, I think the sailor pro gear was almost the least interesting thing that came out of this. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more, but the sailor pro gear, the build your own is what, you know, brings in the eyeballs. So if you go to their show notes and you look at the Instagram page, um, there's, I mean, excuse me, the show notes have linked to a page where they show like five barrel colors of pro gear that you can mix and match to build your own. Now, C and I, CY and I were talking about this before they recorded. And I was like, you know, those colors fall a little flat, you know, for me, but I get it, right? It's like a brown barrel, a white barrel, a navy barrel, a red barrel, and what's the fifth one? I'm not looking at the picture. Um, and then you can swap around the finial, the top, you know, the top anchor finial, the bottom finial, the barrel, and the cap. And it's blue, brown, like, black, red, and white. Black. Okay, so black is what I missed. Some have gold trim. Some don't. I think one or two of them had rhodium-plated trim. The blue th- and black have rhodium. The brown, red, and white have gold. So my issue with, like, seeing this, number one, okay, cool. Yeah, this is great. What out of this matches with anything else <laughs> in this list, right? Like, that was my initial thought is, like, I'm glad we can mix and match these pens, but none of them go together, right? These colors do not work well for a wide variety of mix. Yes, you can get a cool white and navy pen, which I actually, I think there's a there's a build of the white and navy pen, navy pen that actually looks pretty sharp, mm-hmm. right? That looks like the classic, sa- that looks like something Sailor would do yeah. to like really push it the It helps that the, the white an- is the like a pearlescent brand. too. Yeah. But like, what else are you going to make out of this that you love? Maybe the red and black. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like there's, you're, you've limited, you've made a custom offering where people are going to build like three different pen colors, mm-hmm. right? 
But at the same time, it exists. Like it's a thing. They're going to have someone there to help you pick your parts of a sailor pro gear, like a full size pro gear. This is not the slim. This is the regular. And so this has and, come from sailor, right? Cause like when I, cause I haven't yet listened to the episode, it's in my queue. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I first saw it, I wondered if someone had just gone rogue and just bought a bunch no. of parts. So consider, so this is the more of what I want to talk about. This is essentially a, a company run store, mm-hmm. like a Lamy boutique, right? This is essentially plus has come in now with Sailor, and since they bought Sailor, this is now the boutique type of store. Ancora is the plus boutique, and in this plus boutique, we're going to carry Sailor because we own Sailor, and we're going to carry all this other stationery that Plus already sells, and we're going to do all these special high end stuff at this store because this is, you know, like the high rent district and, you know, you want to like really show like your best wares. It's like a flagship type store, even though there's, it's the store right now is only singular. But what I compare it to in my head is, you know, how like Nike has flagship stores, like in Chicago, you go to the Nike flagship store and it's big, it's got all the Nike stuff. But within that store, they have a place called Nike Labs where they can do cool stuff because they're directly tied in with Nike. It's a Nike-owned store, and they're going to do let you do... They're going to show off their new experimental products in this one corner of the store. That's what I see happening here, right? They're going to have the draw-in to the store, like um, CY and Jacob were saying. Immediately when you walk in, you get to see the build-your-own Rialo... St- not Rialo Station, the... Um, Profit. No, the Profit. Oh. The, the low-end, like the $50 pin. Mm. So... That's front and center when you walk in. That gets the people in the door. But then you have this whole experimental section in the back. Say, hey, look at these pro gears. These are like $400, but you know you can pick your finial color. Like it's, it's interesting in how they've positioned this store as a plus store with a sailor focus that's going to allow them to do experimental things like say, Hey, does custom do custom pro gears work as a business model? Right. So that's my it's like thought a, on what this like store is going to be. concept store. Yeah. That's a great sorts, word. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're going to have the standards mm-hmm. right to get you in the door. And then they're going to have the concepts and the experimentals everywhere. For example, they have an ink bar there. And in Japan, an ink bar is literally a mixing station where they have, you know, a bartender who will, you will sit with and mix your inks. CY had to make an appointment to go to the bar, right? That's how you access the bar, the ink bar. So like in a week, he'll have his appointment, him and three people have an appointment at the ink bar to go and get inks made. And there's some pictures in the episode. There's literally... Like oh my god, this is a stunning. shaker. There's a there's a shaker on the table, Mike. Like oh, an alcohol shaker, you know. Oh my god, <laughs> I love it. So like the idea that this is a concept store just really seems what is going to be. And the most interesting thing was Cy's conversation with the store manager 
and like you'll have to go listen to this episode. I implore y'all to go listen to this episode if you're interested in Japanese stationery. Yeah, especially because we're just plagiarizing it so heavily. You really should go listen to it so we'll feel better. Yeah, and I'm not telling anything. Like I am. This is like the top level stuff. Good. They really get into it. But his conversation with the store manager was like, well, if this goes well, then we can. We're already looking at you know worldwide. Like, can we do this worldwide? But the interesting thing, and the thing why you want to go listen to the show is. CY asked or got the store manager to say essentially that well, how did they feel about the market as a whole? And coming from a plus employee, they were alluding to the fact that they felt the market was flat, almost peaked, but they see a change in the market, right? From the traditional fountain pen, you know, things that drove the business in the past to this new modern style of individualism and personal stationery and journaling and this type of direction. So definitely go listen to this. I don't want to, I don't want to say too much more. I've said enough, but what I'm explaining about this conversation that uh, CY and Jacob had about this Ancora shop, I got way more out of this conversation than just the building of pro gears. I think that's almost like a secondary or tertiary topic in this. Like that didn't excite me as much as just hearing the general idea of the store and what it could possibly hold for future for the future of this these two brands that we obviously love Sailor and we want them to do well. And this will be interesting to watch. Yeah, I really hope that this is a model that they can roll out to some big cities. You know, I think that would be super mm-hmm. cool. Like how I went, we went to that Lamy boutique in uh, san francisco and they mm-hmm. had all kinds of weird stuff remember i got like the balloon pen thing and left-handed nibs and like you could just go in there and just get things that were more unique i guess but this is like a whole other level like going in and mixing your own ink and <laughs> building yeah. your own pen like it's it's like a theme park for fountain yeah. pen nuts but this yeah totally struck me as like experimental concept yep, yep type of store which i would be all about like making and seeing if this is successful that's way more interesting to me overall than the specific of the custom sailor pro gears it's just the idea of the store as a whole so i thoroughly enjoyed that conversation thank you to cy and jacob for um you know making this show and, and giving us all the the details that you know we certainly would be like i didn't even know encore existed till they talked about this store and you know they were able to like physically go in there so y'all definitely got to check them out if you're as you can tell i'm highly interested in this mm-hmm. stuff so uh i am going to like uh, talk about it as much as possible because it fascinates me on a lot of levels a lot of levels so kind of like the blackwing volume 223 mike fascinates me on a lot of levels this so is this is wild the- like <laughs> I hadn't seen this because I don't follow the Blackwing stuff. I kind of just yeah. wait for you to show it to me. And I clicked yeah. the link in these show notes, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was very surprising to me. I had almost the same reaction. So I, I clicked the link. Someone shared the link. I, I don't pay attention that much to it anymore until like after the fact. If someone shows it to me and I see it, I click the link, and I'm like, whoa. But not necessarily like in a positive way, but more in a like, did I click the right link 
type of way. This is so weird. Like, what is happening on my screen? And then I actually took the five seconds to read what this is. I'm like, oh, I get it. This is kind of cool. So I, I like what they did. This is basically the Woody Guthrie edition um, based around his song, uh, This Land Is Your Land. And, you know, this is this is the full-on Americana thing, Mike, that I know you don't like. If you're, like, ranking products, like, those things don't really speak to you. This doesn't really speak to me either. Like, I'm not, like, a Woody Guthrie fan or, like, I couldn't sing that song off the top of my head right now. But I like what they did here. This is an outlier product for them. For probably the person that I think a lot of Black Wings fans thought would get the very first pencil in the volumes edition because of the way that Black Wing is into music. The owners of Black Wing are into music, um, into, you know, the Americana thing and into like that. I think they were already doing some like I don't know if they were doing Woody Guthrie Foundation stuff way back in the day, but like when they said they were gonna do volumes, I think pretty much everyone thought, oh well, Blackwing Volume 1 will be something Woody Guthrie, and it's taking this long to get there, so I know a lot of people have been waiting for it. I think there's a lot of discussion around the design, right? It's very... It's not abstract by definition, but compared to other Blackwing pencils, it is uh, more of an abstract design, but it tells a story. It tells it well. I think it looks great. What else can I say? I thought they did pretty good. So I, I wanted to point this out. You know, like, again, like, the way I rank things is will I buy the thing? For me personally, no. I'm not going to buy this, but that doesn't mean it's not an awesome addition on its own. And I think this will do pretty well. This kind of fits the Blackwing aesthetic. They also did a composition book add-on modeled after some of Woody Guthrie's original composition books. Like, I would buy that if, like, if it wasn't lined, you know, more than I'd buy the pencil. But I thought they did a good job. I really liked the design. I like how you can line up the pencils in a certain way and see the full design. That's, yep. that's cute. I like that. Yep. So, you know, I didn't have too much to say about that, but it's this one kind of caught me off guard. It's, yeah, it's, it caught it's, me off guard. doesn't look like what I would have expected. I, I think Blackwing have done a really good job of making things look really, like, polished and refined, and this one by design is a little bit more unfinished. Mm -hmm. uh, in like the, the the paint strokes and stuff, so I think it's cute. Yeah. I think it's very cute, but I mean, not they also um, bonus points. They launched it on National Pencil Day, Mike. Brad, if they didn't, it would be disappointing, <laughs> right? Like if they if Blackwing launched their product like three days before or after, you know, Huge it's mistake. like that stupid Volkswagen thing. <laughs> I found out about that yesterday and read the the Verge article so where they dumb. basically rewrote the entire article. And I was like, oh, my God, I would be enraged. It's so <laughs> stupid. They, like, oh, it was in the spirit of April Fool's. No, you just published it early. That's what you yeah. did. Mistakes all around, Mike. But no mistake on Blackwing Volume 223 um, winner in, in my book. I, I appreciate the design. I like it. So next up... Another, I didn't see that coming, Mike, from our friend Ian Schoen at Schoen Design. Do you even know what Ultim is? Do you recall our previous discussions? On I Ultim don't on this remember podcast? this material, no. So I have a pen from a company called Kasama, and they make uh, Ultim fountain pens. They were the first one that I was aware of 
to make these Ultum barrel fountain pens. And Ultum, you can you notice it by the color. It's like this translucent amber, almost orange color. And what it is, is it's like a high-end plastic, right? Used in the medical field. And it's known for, like, it, it's a strength and durability and heat-resistant type of product, right? And people started making fountain pen barrels out of this. And Ian is making his own Ultum fountain pen, which... I say I didn't see this coming because it's a full-length pen. I wouldn't have known this until I saw it written down because I saw it and there's no context of size in the image. Mm -hmm. So I just assumed it was a pocket pen because it's a shown design pen. So, (laughs) you know, I was just like, oh, that's a nice pocket pen. But no, it's full size. Yeah, so that's actually what caught me off guard was, hey, not that Ian's using Ultum because Ian's an experimenter, right? He likes to like manage and manipulate and do kind of crazy mm-hmm. things and see if they work. And that's why I'm always continually surprised by him. Like I didn't see that coming right with other pens. And this is more on the length of the pen, you know, first and then the material second where the material, like some people aren't going to like the material for the color, but that's like the kind of the only color it comes in. But what it's going to allow what it's allowed Ian to do is to make a really durable eyedropper focused, even though he like pictures them with a converter, you can see in the pictures, which we'll share in the show notes, he's got O-rings in different locations that you wouldn't normally see because he's going to, he's designed this to be an eyedropper pen without the use of silicone. That's so cool. Like as a design element to to think Mm -hmm. it through to that level, because you know, it's, it can be a little bit intimidating Mm-hmm. If, if you've not done that before. So I, I really like that he's designed it in such a way. Yeah. So like this is a pen that like speaks to me. Like I like this pen. I like this design. I like the ultimate material. I think the eyedropper aspect of it is interesting. The thing, the other benefit of Ultim is that it doesn't stain. Right. So he's been testing it with Noodler's Bay State Blue <laughs> in the barrel and leaving it for he's up he's his his like four day experiment like it's just a short experiment so far it it cleaned out flawlessly he's doing a two week he's doing a two week stage right now and um other people that have used other fountain pens say they use like the most strong and severe inks and it's never left a mark from eyedropping their pen which is a very interesting property of ultim so it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out so i love it you know this is one i would love to pick up at a pen show one day you know if we ever get back to those yeah. one of these yeah. years uh we will which looks like uh, maybe a topic for next week pen show schedules are ramping up for the summertime so maybe we'll save that for next week but yeah i think this is going to do very well um i'm mostly interested to ask ian about the machining of Ultim. I don't have a good grasp on the difficulty of that yet. So my, my guess is that would be a challenge. So I will, I will uh, ask Ian about that. So anyway, I thought that was cool. I wanted to point it out because this is definitely an outlier product for Ian and I love it. Um, and how is he releasing this? Is it just going to be like a available to buy product or is he doing it? Yeah. Yeah. No, no Kickstarter straight to the website. I forget if the number was 100 units or 200 units. I think it might be a hundred units at first and then he'll see how it goes and get some feedback and and then continue. You're on number six nibs. Uh, yes. So the big nib. Yep. And I think he Um, said he's working on block number eight nib sections for some. Yeah. So he, yeah. So he'll change the, 
the fittings on the front end to fit a uh, different nib unit uh, down the line. So nice. yeah, there you go. All right, last topic this week. What do we got, Mike? We have some new inks from Applebaum, mm-hmm. which look like they ship in a decanter. <laughs> this is very interesting. It mm-hmm. is a collection of 14 inks, all uh, new to Applebaum in the Applebaum mm-hmm. ink collection. Uh, it is created, quote, in collaboration with a well-known ink manufacturer. So it's not mm. stated who. Uh, the mm-hmm. 14 inks, the names of each ink, the beginning letters <laughs> of each name, spell out the founder's name, Joe Applebaum. And there are 41 bottles of each ink. I'm assuming that the bottle in the image is the bottle that you get the ink in. <laughs> I guess. Right? I otherwise, yeah. I don't know why they would uh, why they would ship them. We have, should I read the names? Jazzy yes. yellow, organized orange, oily olive with a silver sheen, shiny silver with a rainbow shimmer. I don't know what that means, but it's interesting. Tempting taupe. Taupe. Is it taupe? T-A-U-P-E? Taupe. taupe. Yes. Absolutely Azure, Pretentious Purple with a green sheen, Perplexing Pink with a gold and silver shimmer, Eclectic Ebony, Luscious Lime, Basic Blue, a.k.a. Bic Blue, mm-hmm. Ostentatious Okra, Gold of a red sheen, Oblivious Oak, Majestic Mauve. Mm-hmm. Great names. So me, yeah, so let me ask you a couple questions. How many inks are in this? Well, they said Series. there's 14. Okay. And how many are going to be available on launch day? 41. And what day are they going to launch? Don't know. Is that on there? Four. Yeah. On on Thursday, which is tomorrow. What day is tomorrow? April 1st. Don't even. I won't accept this. <laughs> it's got to be a joke. I'm on full April Fool's joke. I'll be really I, I just annoyed, am. Brad. I'm not going to lie. I just am. The numerology, the launch date, the bottle design, Mike. Yeah, 1441. Okay. This angers me. Yoast being hilarious. No, this isn't funny. I'll tell you why this annoys me. <laughs> I am so glad. Me. I am so glad that I let you lead this because... Yeah, go I ahead. I thought it was legit. Because the reason it annoys me, Brad, is because do you know what the date is when hmm. they pu- when they yes. shared this? It yeah. was three days ago. It was like the 28th or 29th of March, right? Mm-hmm. April mm-hmm. Fool's is a one-day thing. You don't <laughs> get to spend a week hyping I your April it, Fool's joke. I That's think not it's how fair this to works. Prep. I think it's fair to prep. I mean, just ask, ask Volkswagen. <laughs> well, I'm so is glad it. you brought that up. Because the Volkswagen <laughs> thing is so stupid. You don't mm-hmm. get to do April Fool's jokes at the be- end of March. It's, it's not how it works. <laughs> so, listen. I am not an April Fool's guy. I generally don't do... I don't find enjoyment because brands generally execute these ideas very poorly especially in modern times. Brands ruined it. Repeated. April Fool's, like if you're playing like a little prank on a friend or family member, I think Mm -hmm. it's fine as long as it's harmless, right? Like that. Mm -hmm. that's, you know, it's like whatever, like, ha ha, April Fool's. And I don't know about you, but like here, or at least where I I grew up, you couldn't do it afternoon. 
Okay. Only yeah, I've never heard of 12. that. And if you're playing an April Fool's joke on someone that day, you have to admit it past that point. Mm-hmm. I just, this is so stupid. And it, it, honestly, I get more annoyed when I see smaller <laughs> companies doing this. It annoys me more. Um, like, the only reason I'm laughing is because I think they executed it well. Yeah. I think they did a good no, job. No, I would have agreed. Like, okay, because like we have done Relay FM has done April Fool's jokes in the past, where we have pretended to be launching shows and that we just come up with these ridiculous, stupid artworks and stuff. But do you know when we post it on April first, <laughs> right? This joke is great, but it should have been posted on April first, <laughs> not on March twenty eighth. So, are you saying this is an April Fool's joke? Are you are you willing to go down? I'm going down saying this is a Oh, joke. it definitely is. Now it's been post- pointed out to me. It's the 14 <laughs> okay. and 41. That's the yeah. That's the that's giveaway. What threw it to for me. Me that's too. the real giveaway. Mm-hmm. And I'm angry now about this. <laughs> I just want to congratulate Yoast. This is what brands when they do it well, this is what they want. They want people talking about it, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter that you're mad. Yeah, right? but like, as long do as it they on didn't the hurt day. Anybody, right? <laughs> Otherwise, require, just I do this all the time. This is, in June? Ha this ha, is fair you. lead up. No. I think this is fair lead up. No. To no. the long... How... I mean, how... Do you just are you just gonna drop this on and say buy these inks today? I, I I'm okay with the lead up. Like the brands, you know, they lead up a product. I mean, if he did this for a month and said psych, no, I'm, we're not gonna do this. Just post it on April first. Just say they're coming <laughs> soon. I think it's fair play. No, I disagree with you. Mm. Well, maybe maybe the Dutch April Fool rules are different than your British April Fool rules. What what? Did the Dutch have a different calendar? I don't know, but maybe like you said before noon, but, you had to do it before noon. Oh, well, well, maybe, so the, like, the he's Dutch within rule the time is we can do frame. it any time we want. Yeah, as long five as we days prior. Like, yeah, okay. five days prior we can begin the setup. I look like, forward so we to can drop the hammer. Our Dutch listeners, of which I know one, <laughs> I know there is one. <laughs> I know several. <laughs> uh, contacting me to let me know. <laughs> I hate this. Uh, I am so glad. That you didn't catch this beforehand. I know. I wasn't going to tell you. You, you are, uh, what is the phrase? Like, you're in cahoots here. You mm. are, I am extending my <sighs> anger now to you. Because you, you, you prank me now with this. Mm-hmm. I want to give a shout out to Susan, who writes for the Pen Attic. She's the first one in the comment section that I saw. It's like, you know, this launches on April Fool's, right? And like, very few people. Or like read that comment, and like, I, I honestly, I think some people might be mad, like you. Because well, also, like, as this well, might have worked too well. I was hoping that the 2020 April Fools amnesty was going to continue to 2021. Yeah, I would be down. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. And it has, it clearly hasn't, because all the brands can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, ah, April Fools. I hate it. Um, I'm over it. Good job, Yost. I'm mm. proud of you. This was this is well. Here's done. what I'll say. Good job in that you tricked me, right? So you <laughs> you did what you were hoping to do. So like, so I, you, so you're on the record that this is an April Fool's joke. That's what oh, you're, you don't think this is going to happen. Okay. No, this is 100 percent April. Well, okay, well, it's either we did I, a we did a poll. 
It was like 98% April Fool's. It is either an April Fool's joke or a product that is a joke but real, which I've also seen. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. here is our April Fool's, but you can actually buy it. Yeah. Right? I could, could also do, see like, that, but I doubt like it. Like a $200 bottle of ink. Yeah. Where it's just like, you know... Just we, for the bottle. We did this as a joke, but it is actually a thing you can, can buy. We're doing it as a one-off thing. But I am completely... Uh, on the line now that this is an April Fool's. It, it isn't the date it's because be. you could not realize it is the 14 inks, 41 of each color. Yeah. Because I thought that was I've weird. Launched, I've launched things on April 1st and not worried about them being considered joke. Like, I yeah. don't count that as, like, I can't, I don't count April 1st as a day that I can't do things. No, and also, if you do actually have a product to release in April, releasing it on April 1st is kind of good because you do get that, yeah. like, uh, hang on, is this real? Which can, you know, yeah, has its extra own thing. eyes, extra thought, yeah. But like, I originally thought that 41, like 14 and 41 was weird because like you were just bleeding money trying to make something like that work. Right, right. Yeah, that's when I first started to think was the 40, the 41 bottles is what threw me. And then I looked at like the brand names, like who's going to call something oily olive, you know, like like a fountain pen ink like oily olive like that makes olive sense oil. but like i know no i, I, like I the it's names. a great name That's why i wanted to read like, them oh i'm so mad about this like what if yosa's name wasn't 14 letters long i don't know <laughs> i love it i i am so happy to see what happens tomorrow <laughs> he, he's probably gonna get some dirty emails i'm not gonna lie yeah. <laughs> but i think he did a good job i love it <laughs> and i'm just not an april fool's person but like like i was all in until like i started putting it together i'm like oh no this is not real <laughs> so we'll see we need to get yost on i don't know you might be, be we might have a moratorium uh i keep saying i'm gonna have him on because i think it'd be a fun interview um, I'm gonna have to let you cool down a little bit, though. So. Yeah, you're gonna have to there give you me some space. You're gonna have to hope I forget. <laughs> no, that's all right. I, I'm on. I'm on his side on this one. So, let's wrap it up. Let's uh, let's bide our time until tomorrow, Mike, and then we'll check in. And then uh, maybe Yoast will have an Apple Notes, uh, <laughs> Apple Notes tweet or Instagram page, <laughs> Instagram post of Apple Notes saying, "Hey, sorry about that." So there you go. That's what we're looking for now. If you want to find the links for this week's episode, go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 455, or you can find them in your podcast app of choice. I would like to thank again Kenro Industries for their support of this show. You should go check out the new Auto Hut Design 04 Wave. Are they calling them 04 or just 4? Like, um, That's a great question. I always call them with the O in front, but I don't know why. But this is one of those things where you see it written down can be different to the way that you would say it. Because when I see it written down, it's just four, right? But I'd say it O four. Yeah, because I've had the O three, and I've never called it anything but the O three. I don't call it the three. We were calling it O three. Doesn't mean it's correct. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's correct. And they didn't tell me to say it any specific Mm -hmm. way. So, Mm -hmm. but you can go check that out at Pen Chalet. Uh, I like that we got Pen Chalet in on the episode again. Nice. They're the best. Uh, you can find Brad online in a few different places. You go to penaddict.com, spoke desi- design. Design. Why do I, I trip you on You want to call one. it spoke, because you want to call it spoke pen. I do. But it's started as a pencil company, so it's just spoke design. But do you have that domain though, spokepen.com? Mm, that's a good question. You should. 
if you do, you yes. spoke pen and spoke pens. I'm doing that thing mm-hmm. again where I tell you to buy domains. So uh, do you, have you got anything going on over at Spoke? I see you've been releasing little <laughs> special batches here and there, which has been cool. Yeah, we've been catching up on some of the roadie builds, um, some of the pencil builds, and then we should have some nibs rolling in here very shortly to get uh, caught up on the Icon and Axle order. So it's great. Can confirm that both that, that Spoke Pen goes to SpokeDesign.com. Spoke Pens, uh, I don't know if you have that. It just goes to nowhere for me. So okay, good check. luck trying to register that uh, within the yep. next little while. Thank you. Uh, Twitch.tv slash penaddict on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can find Brad always unboxing and showing off great stuff. I like popping in, hanging out mm-hmm. for a bit. It's always a fun time. Uh, you can find Brad on Instagram. He is penaddict and dowdyism on Twitter. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Go buy yourself a theme system journal. Go to uh, cortexmerch.com. You can pick one of those up. So have them in stock. They're selling very well. Thank you so much. We have a new product, which should be shipping by the end of this week, which I think uh, will excite many Panatic listeners. Excited about that. I have more on that Mm -hmm, soon. mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.